Thursday, we we good here, Chris. Thank you. Last Thursday, we began discussing about government system of God for his people and how God has determined to deliver his people into their inheritance. And we started discussing about the spirit of the Antichrist and how that spirit works to hold man in captivity and how we as God's people really cannot put our trust and our devotion to this Antichrist spirit that controls this whole world system. And we said that there, there must be something greater that God has prepared for his people because I don't believe that the Lord would want his people under the heels of Satan, under the sway of Satan. And the Bible tells us that this whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. So all political events, all uh, 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 infrastructure and socio-economic issues and all these things that rise within our world. He said behind the scene there they are spirits that are responsible for the outcome of certain things. And more likely than not, it is under the sway, the influence of Satan, that great old serpent. And we said that God has a system. And the system is God's sure way of ensuring independence from the system and also superiority over the system. And we mentioned several things about the system of God, about the government system of God. And I said to you when we first started, I said that the earth God has given to man. So jurisdictionally, 
the earth belongs to man. So it is, it is the prerogative of man to allow or disallow entities beyond its ecosystem, the physical dimension. So if any, any entity from outside the earth dimension would want to enter into the sphere and operate in the sphere and function in the sphere, he would require the permission of man. So God created a system whereby, and that is through the redemptive work of Christ, whereby man can become his modes of expression. His legal representations in the earth to express the mind, the will, the purpose, and the dominion of his kingdom. So though, though we are in the world, we belong to a different kingdom. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were of this world, then my servants would fight for me. So there is a kingdom that God has desire to establish that all that belong to him would participate in. Jesus told his disciples, preach that the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So kingdom life is not an abstract philosophy that has no uh, 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 vital uh, or, or rather practical aspect to it. So if we are God's, if we are born again, Jesus says no man can see the kingdom except he is born again. So once we are born again, we are in the kingdom. And that kingdom cannot be seen, perceived until one is born from above. Because it is a kingdom from above. And God has set in that kingdom a system for his people. A system that is designed to deliver to God's people their inheritance. Now, the issue that we have in the body of Christ today is the same issue Moses had. Is the problem of Egypt programmed into the souls of the Israelites. Every time they ran into a dilemma, you should have left us in Egypt. Every time they had a problem, you should have left us in Egypt. Though they were out of that place, the place was programmed into them. So we come into Christ with the same dilemma. We have spirits born again, but souls that require reprogramming. Because the kingdom that we belong to, the Bible says is not physical, it's not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the spirit. So it is a kingdom that functions on supernatural principles. 
a kingdom that operates in the spirit through the power of the spirit expressed in the physical dimension. But it is difficult because now here we are at the Red Sea. We need to cross. We know the Egyptians possess the technology that can help us advance. They have the ships. They have the boats. They have the technology that can make us cross over. But that is not the system that God desires to use. The system is that Moses must part the Red Sea. So they are there and they, they begin to remember Egypt. You should have left us in Egypt because you have brought us here to die. We are stranded. Because the supernatural way has not become a part of the identity of his people. Did they not see the miracles that he wrought in Egypt? Why now doubt him? It's because of the programming of Egypt. And it is why many of God's people are unable to live in faith, are unable to live by faith because Egypt has programmed them. That the natural order, the physical world is the real one. Yet the God whom they profess is in a supernatural dimension. How can God's modus operandi be natural when he is supernatural? How can modus, God's modus operandi, modes of function, be, be, be brought down to systemize carnal, fleshly, natural ways? When he is a spiritual being, Jesus said God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God, God, God is a spirit. So he will always function from his natural base of operation, which is in the spirit, which is by the spirit. So the system of God, really, its foundations are in the spirit. So if God's people are going to function and benefit successfully in the kingdom and the system of God designed to liberate them and deliver them their inheritance, they have to understand the laws of the spirit that govern that system. And this is where the paradox is because the paradox behind the law of the spirit for the system of God is man. It is not institutions. It is men. God had always determined to carry out everything in the earth through men. Through the instrumentality of a man. And God did not bring rain upon the earth because there was no man to till the ground. So there is a system available jesus who is the embodiment of god said i will build my church i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail do you think that the building of this church is referring to physical structures with brick and mortar no 
The Bible talks about the temples of God built into a house, a habitation of God by the Spirit, whose foundations are built upon apostles and prophets. The very foundations, the very walls of New Jerusalem are inscribed with the names of men. So he builds New Jerusalem on the back of the lives and the sacrifice of men. Paul says, my life is a drink offering. So God has a system. So we began to discuss that. Right? And I began to show you how the system works. How the system works. Let's, 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 let's begin in Hebrews quickly, chapter number, number five. And then we will look at um, the base scripture of our discussion. Matthew chapter 10, okay? Amen. This is one of the reasons why it is difficult for people to, 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 to break physical ties, physical connection. It's difficult. And this is one of the reasons Jesus said to me, if anybody loves mother, father, son, daughter more than me, he's not worthy of He's not worthy of me. In, in King James, says, he who does not hate his mother, his father, his wife, his brother or sister, he says, me, not worthy. Hate, he, he used that word, hate. Just, it's not me, it's the Bible. Yeah, must we hate, must we hate our, our families? Must we hate our my children. Wow. I didn't say that. That's Jesus. He says, He that desires to follow me must what? Must deny himself and take his cross. Otherwise, there's no entry for you. You see, the life, the life of Christianity is, is, is not a life of emotionalism, which is in effect carnality. See, you are not ready if, if, if you, 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 you are one that is prone to offense for a life in the kingdom. Because in the kingdom, God doesn't beg. You see, in salvation, oh my son, oh the prodigal son, right? Oh, he has come back home. Oh, and you are received, you are given a ring, you are given a crown, you are given a new robe. And then you start living. And then... Well, once you start living, you will miss those days. The days of the crown on back. All filthy, God embraces you. And as reds are all over. God is like, you are my son. And then after you have to wash. There will come a time where you will, you will try to say, Oh, Father, and you are dirty. And he says, uh, go, go back yourself. <laughs> it's the same naturally, right? Again, it's the same naturally, right? 
So we are too carnal for the kingdom. That's the problem. We are too carnal for the kingdom. Jesus are one disciple says, Lord, let me follow you. But first, let, let me just go bury my. And then Jesus said, Hey, let the dead bury their own dead. You follow me. Jesus told the man not to attend his father's funeral. Jesus, Jesus, he told a man not to attend his own father's funeral. When I'm going to depression here 85 years. You know what he was telling? Have no, have no ties. Have no earthly ties. Because if, if you do not, you, you are unable to do his work. The life of a kingdom is a life of command. Is a life of command. You see, from birth, you, you are supposed to be commanded. From birth, you, you are supposed The Bible says, obey your parents. The Bible says, obey your parents. Oh, the, the, what's the basis of obedience? Commands. From a child, you, you, you are supposed to be trained to receive commands. When you say sit, sit. Step. You know, dogs, dogs are trained. Dogs only operate on commands. Do you know that? Dogs never operate on suggestions, on opinions. If you suggest to a dog to do something, the dog will not do it. Because their brain are, are, are designed only to obey commands. All animals. If you tell a lie, oh, lie. Lie will bite your head. It says obey, obey. In other words, parents from a young age had to command their children. Uh-uh. 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 And then, and then if he's a, if, 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 if she's a she and he's a he, right? They have to obey them up until they migrate to womanhood. When they get to womanhood, they have another commander, which is the husband. And the man has a commander when it comes to manhood, who is Christ. So the Bible says, woman, oh. We are getting into something. <laughs> Woman, do what? You're in. Yeah, now I want to be happy. 
in a marriage. You will never be happy until you learn to obey. It is the way of Christ. And then when you come, when you come into the church, you are told to do what? Obey those who do what? Rule over your souls. Honest, there's no way where you are left with options, opinions, and suggestions. It is a life of obedience. To be successful in life, you see, the success of your life, Mike, will be traced on how well at every phase of your life have you heeded commands. You are a rebel. A sinner in disguise. The Bible says, Let not a man usurp authority except over his own woman. And it's not a boyfriend. That's not a platform of obedience. Says he that keeps that obeys my commands, it is he that loves me. Oh, I love you. I love Maru. Pick up that rai, pick it up yourself, or pray. I pray yourself. Where's the love there? But we know about the love where in the emotions. Watery eyes. What's the look have to do with love? So there's there's a system in the kingdom, my brother. Are you listening to me? That's why. Christians find it hard when they come into the house of God and they are told to do things that they don't like and, they, and, and when they are reprimanded or rebuked, they get offended. And then they feel like, leave, leave Zamaya. But, but one thing you will notice and what, what you will trace is that there will, be, there will be sufferings in that person's life. You, you see, there's a trend. He says, he said, obey your mother and father, which is the first commandment would promise, that your days may be long in the earth. Once you get married, the obedience to your parents ends. And your, your preferential obedience is to the husband or to the wife and to your, your, your marriage. Lona Why is Lepilas Egyptian? That's how we live according to the system. And that's why people will divorce and divorce and divorce because they do what they prefer, the, the system's way of living.
who's your Lord? Yeah? Who's your Lord? Who's your Lord? Jesus. You know what Lord means? What does Lord mean? Yeah? It means master, owner, ruler. In other words, he is to rule you, dominate you. And he said in the workplace, he said, servants do what? Obey your as unto the so every structure of life, obedience is implemented as a way of function. <laughs> Failure is the absence of obedience. We'll get there. So I said uh, Hebrew chapter number. Okay, let's read chapter three. Because I, I think we read chapter five on Friday, ne? Yeah, if, if you're not here all those two days, uh, listen to the two parts that we, we dealt with these things. Hallelujah. Let's go. Verse 1. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the holy calling, consider the apostle. Holy ma. Consider the apostle. The are consider the consider the and high priest of our confession. So Jesus holds the title of apostleship. Remember, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. He what? And Jesus said, I have been sent by my father. So Jesus was an apostle of God. So he said, consider him. Right now, as, as, as he is enthroned and glorified, he is an apostle. He is the sent one of God. Now, he is there in eternity as an apostle. Telling us that the, the ministries that he gave men are actually what? Eternal ministries. Because today, he is an apostle in the heavens. And he is a high priest of our confession. Can you see that? He is an apostle and he is a... He is an apostle and he is a... So he holds the contemporary gifts of ministry today and the ancient one. And we know that the highest, the primary, the, the, the highest ministry gift in terms of rank is that of an And the highest in the priesthood is the? Wow. And Jesus holds them both together. So Jesus really is the administrator of all gifts. And like I said to you in one of the services, to, to, to receive or to be under a ministry gift is to be under the manifestation of Christ in your life. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Remember, I'm discussing with you how to participate successfully in the system of God. 
how how your life can have due rewards from the system and participating in the system of God. And we already dealt with the first part of belief, right? Now we are looking at the practical aspects, functioning in it, okay? And we are looking at the foundation of the system, the, 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 the place of expression of the system. And we said that it is man. It is man under the government of the Holy Ghost, under the callings and giftings of God. Okay, these are men and women that God had anointed to stand in those offices for the purpose of preserving, protecting, framing the lives of his people. Okay, and let's, let's see that in Ephesians chapter 4 again. Hallelujah. Verse 7, but to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Okay? And we explained that. Verse 11, let's read. And he himself gave some to be apostles or some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And he gave them to this end that the church or the saints might be Equipped. Remember, I told you about equipped catatizo, catatismos. Remember, right? For the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, for the edifying, the building of the body of Christ. And remember what he said in Acts chapter twenty thirty-eight. He says he is what the word of grace, which is able to build, edify, oikodomeo, and it is the same function that these ministry gifts have to his church. They are there, organized by Christ, to build you. To do what? To build you. To build you. And I, I, I will say that, I will say this, I will say this to you. Uh, okay, I'll say it, I'll say it in a few minutes. It's fine. To build the church. Oiko Dumeo. Right? To build. So the, the fivefold is involved in the building of the temple of God. You see that? In the building of the temple of God. So in, in their ministry, there are spiritual resources and spiritual uh, credentials that are given them and abilities that are given them to carry out this function. For the edifying of the body of hmm? So he said, these things they must do until we all come to the unity of faith. In other words, until we, we all believe in one thing about God about everything that involves him. So it's a heavy task. Do you see that? Not only that, not only that, he says, until we come to the unity of the faith and the unity of the knowledge of the Son of God. So until we know Jesus the same. 
So until the body of Christ is united in their knowledge of Christ, we will always have problems in the body of Christ. Alright? I, I don't want to elaborate more on those things, okay? But maybe I'll do a teaching just for on, on Ephesians 4 so that you can understand certain things that are written here. And then he says, to a perfect man. Oh, oh, their ministry is there to perfect men. Tedious to mature them, right? Mature them to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children, Ashiu. So the reason why we are, we, th these guys are involved in bringing us to the maturity of the stature of Christ is so that we no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine but by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting but then he says this is how they will operate but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head christ so their ministry is where in speaking hallelujah so we'll discuss this later right but here i wanted to show you that it is vital that as a child of the kingdom as a child of god that your life is submitted to a ministry gift because number one jesus is in heaven what we have today is the holy ghost who is the government of the church but he functions as i told you before through what? Through anointed or commissioned men and women. That's how God functions. Otherwise, the Holy Ghost would have bypassed those guys sitting there on the upper room and just flowed throughout the entire world and saved everybody. Or you could have just sent his angels to do the job. Yet even the, the angels in the delivery and in the in the in the in their partnership with the apostles did not dare preach the gospel to men they always refer them to men imagine an angel called, told cornelius to go find peter to go find peter he told the apostles when he when he opened the prison doors that they must go and preach the word of this life the words of this life why? Because that is how God functions. So your growth, your development, and the inheritance of God in your life depends more than you'll ever know on the anointed vessels of God. Hallelujah. Let's read something in Amos. Amos. <sighs> Praise the Lord. You following me, right? Amos chapter. Um, 
Amos chapter number, I think it's nine. Verse three, I don't know. The or three verse seven. Amos chapter yeah, Amos chapter three verse seven. Ah, la 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 la. Hallelujah. You see, child of God, you understand what I'm teaching you uh, in these series of teachings. Your life, your life, your life will be promoted. Your life will be promoted. This is not Egypt. Are you listening to me? This is not Asha okay, Luka. And um, what I mean, come, I don't mean the, ch- I don't mean the church. I mean the kingdom. Do you understand? Here you follow. You f- here you follow. Without looking back. Once you place your hand into the plow and then you look back, you are disqualified. Christians must know the cost of serving Jesus. They must know the cost of following Christ. It is a heavy cost. Jesus said, I did not come here to bring peace. You know, I read that, May. I read that, I was like, Lord. What? But, but, but you talk, yes, he, he is peace. But he said, I did not come to bring peace. I came to bring a sword. This is Jesus. He says, I came to bring a sword. Between mother and and daughter, father and son, mother-in-law and father-in-law. He says, he says, children will deliver up their parents to death. This is what Jesus came to bring, brother. Following Christ, following Christ, for just for you deciding to follow Christ, you, 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 have, you have drawn the sword. You have drawn the sword. That's why, that's why, Zelele Shapu, when I leave Topi, when I leave M, before and no, let me follow. Zelele Shapu, those not stress, until you let me follow Christ. Why don't your, your, your family or your parents have a problem in you attending other churches, but attend a specific church, there's war? It means the church you are there in, you are not following Christ. That's why they're okay. Because the moment you follow Christ, the sword is out. There's no peace. How will I never? Yeah, we're not out guy. Yeah, we're now we run. Sword. How many of you lift up your hands? You've had a war. In your life, you've had war for coming to this church. Probably all of you. There was some war between your your close people. Your mother, your father, your auntie, your... There there was some... What's so special about that church? Why was that great? For E. It's a sword, Baba. No, 
And the problem is not the church. The problem is the spirit. The Bible says that Ishmael persecuted Isaac. And Esau is who? Esau is the son of the flesh. Isaac is the son of the promise. So Esau will always persecute Isaac. But you go to other churches, oh man, you can come back, you can come back after three days. It's fine. It's because he said, I bring a sword. I bring so you will be on one side, they will be on the other side. You will decide whether you cross or they cross. <laughs> yeah, you Somebody heard me there. Verse chapter three, verse seven. You get me? You get me? If you have never fought with your parents for coming here, then, <laughs> but I'm sure you fought. There's a spirit here. Here there's a spirit. Praise the Lord. And I put you all I'm doing, I'm going to church. But I, and as I'm bad, I live. Lelota, Zambal Hatamo. Mara, am I not? Why? And I've had a use stress. That means you, you, sorry, I'll come away. She said, rejoice when you are persecuted for my name's sake. For great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets. God, I don't know. You know, should I, should I, should I, maybe I should leave this church. You know, just to have peace. And the day will, maybe, maybe, hey, I need a breakfast. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So why then? How sadly? By happy. How tama? By happy. And Mariba chicken guy because it I I money Doesn't involve them most. But they are angry. It's not them. There's something behind. Hallelujah. Verse 7. Let's read, please. Surely the Lord God does. It's not this thing. Oh, it's this. It's this thing. Let's do this. Surely the Lord God does. Hey, let's read it again. Surely the Lord God. Surely the Lord God. Surely the Lord God. Surely the Lord God. 
Does God need a man's permission? No, you just heard he said, yeah, he needs it. For God to do anything on earth, he said, he must reveal it to his servant first. Oh, oh. So there are things God will not do in our lives or in the earth, except that thing be revealed first. You know, there are things that will never be done in your life, no matter how much you pray, unless somebody speaks over you. There are things that will never, there are doors that will never, no matter how much you pray and fast. Unless words are spoken. And he says, the Lord God does it. Because this terrain belongs to man. So he, he will do nothing in this plane. In the spirit, he can do whatever. It belongs to him. But here, he will do nothing except, and now, 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 here's the most powerful thing. The most powerful thing about all this is that God has been legalized to function on earth by Jesus Christ. The blood or the cross was the altar upon which God will execute or transact his will on the earth. Now, Jesus has a body. So, even though God has been legalized, to operate freely on the earth he needs to operate through the body of Christ he needs to operate through the body of Christ so God will carry out his mandate for the world for the earth for mankind through the body of Christ so that's one of the reasons why he cannot do anything except the body of Christ gives in expression Hallelujah. Now before he left or ascended, the Bible says he gave gifts of what? Of ministry to men. He didn't give the gifts to the angels. Udifile men. Oh, wow. Do you understand me? Do you understand me? He gave gifts to man. Those are gifts that God uses as conduits of what? Of divine expression. Because even though the Holy Ghost is the one building the temple, he still needs to do it through man. Zechariah, Zerubbabel, work for my spirit is upon you. Just as I covenanted with you when you left Egypt. Work, says the spirit of the living God. So, even though he says not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, it is man that will actualize the desires of the spirit. That's why every human problem, though behind it is the functionary and operation of devils, you will always have to trace it through a man who is a conduit of the expression of those reality in that dimension.
Because gates, doors, windows must be open for spirits to function. And men are the doors. Jesus says, I am the door. He says, I am the door. Everyone that enters through me finds life. So vice versa, men are also doors for the expression of spirits and the will of spirits. So surely the Lord God does nothing except he reveals it to his servant, the prophets. So the prophets, which are part of the contemporary, modern what? Gifts of Christ have a role to play in the revelation of God's will and in the establishment of his purposes. So if you ask God today, who is, your, who is the most important person in the world today? He will tell you my prophets or he will say to you my servants. He will not say the president, he will say my servants. Those are the most important people on earth today. God's, which are, now notice, you are his children. You are his children. We, though his children, are his servants. We are called into servanthood. We are called into, to, to, to be a servant of God. It says I am a born servant is to be bound to Christ, to the will of Christ. Let's read Revelations chapter 1, please. And then we go to Matthew and we elaborate on the things that we were discussing. The, 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 the dialogue of Jesus in Matthew chapter 10 when he was, the Bible says he gave them power and then he commanded, he commanded, okay, we'll, we'll talk about that when, when we get there. Revelation chapter 1, please. The revelation, yeah, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God showed him, I mean, which God gave him to show his servant. Uh, do, do, do you remember do you remember this this teaching on the revelation of Jesus Christ do you remember it if, if, if go back to it all right because it will help you understand some of the things that we are teaching now okay the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave him to show his servants do you see that God gave Jesus revelation to show his servants not his children, not his people, his servants. Because it is expected that the servants be the ones to express the revelation. Things which shortly must take place and he sent and signified by his, his angel to his servant, John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things. Do you see that? Notice this, the, 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 the revelation of Christ was given by a man. Jesus, though he shed it, shed it to his servant, who then shed it to the world. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10. 
So I hope by now you, you understand something about the, the government system of God. And, and I said to you that it, it is a system that, that is designed to benefit you. You there? Matthew chapter 10. Don't sleep on me, no? Matthew 10, verse number 1. Matthew 10, verse number 1. Read it, please. So, power is given to the, to the called. Power will be given to the so if a man or a woman is called by God, one of the signs or indicator of the calling is power. In other words, it is dunamis. It is, it is, it is power that generates and creates and has the ability to command changes. So it is, it is supernatural in that its operation does not depend on any earthly physical system. Its administration is 100% by the Spirit of God. That's why he said you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you because he is the facilitator, the administrator of that power. So Jesus called the disciples. He called the disciples. So those he did not call have, did not have power. So he called them and he gave them power. Masaila kaparaya sandalego shalabrande baguste. He gave them power. He gave them a, a, exousia, exousia, authority, delegated authority. So he, exousia is the authority exercised on the behalf of another. You understand? It's like a traffic cop or, 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 or a policeman or a judge. All right, he, he exercises exousia, authority. Though in strength, he might not be able to stop a vehicle. In authority, he can. That's why Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. Now, if you read that without understanding the, 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 the Greek expression, you will think, hey, 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 Jesus, some strange thing. But you are saying, I give you authority over the ability of the enemy. So what Satan can do, he said, you have the authority to stop him. You may not have the physical strength to stop him, but you have the authority to stop him. So Jesus gave them exousia. Do uh, 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 exousia, delegated power, delegated authority. So it exousia always, always, always operates through the mouth. Exous, exousia is power that comes from the mouth. Hallelujah. So he gave them power, authority over spirits. He gave them authority over. So, so when one is called by Jesus to function in 
the fivefold or in these ministry gifts, one of the things that would be realized in that ministry, in that gift, is the power over or authority over spirits. Authority to command spirits. Why didn't Jesus give them authority to stop a bulldozer? Oh, Jesus. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> yeah. Or authority to do something else. Why? It is because Jesus knew where the problems of humanity came from. So he gave them specifically authority over spirits because he knew and understood the forces the powers the 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 cause of most human problems so he gave them power so one of the things we see and must see and that's why you can never compare a a an apostle a prophet evangelist or teacher to anything in the world because their function is first and foremost in the spirit jesus gave them power over spirits beyond the perception of men so we are misunderstood because we don't function like institutions function. Our power is in the spirit. We don't tell you, go to the pharmacy. We don't write you a prescription and say, Mike, go take all these things from the pharmacy. No, that's not how we operate. When we need to deal with a matter, we go into the spirit. And command the spirit that is responsible for that physical ailment or for that physical condition. So that's why he said he gave them power over, over, over spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. Now, if a minister does not have this authority operational, he must seek it. It is his responsibility to seek it and to find out why he is not operating in that power. Are you with me? Are you with me? So there are times, my brothers and my sisters, where, where, where spirits are involved in, in the formulation of destructive experiences in your life spirits that are beyond your perception that are even beyond your knowledge that is where you need the gift so the holy ghost the holy ghost the holy ghost the bible says has gifts of his own which can do a similar task of revealing these things but there are those in whom the gifts operate on a permanent basis. You see, in the gifts of the Spirit, there are as the Spirit wills. In the ministry gifts, the gifts of the Spirit are, on the, are based on the demands of the hour. So really, the Spirit is not the one really willing, but the demand of the ministry. Like I said, some of these things that I'm teaching is things that would naturally be teaching people who are in ministry but i need to teach you this to give you an understanding of what's happening in the background are you understanding me 
Hallelujah. So he, he gave them authority over spirits because most of men's problems come from spirits. So you find, you find people who don't understand this thing criticizing ministry and ministers. Obviously, ministers like to go on excess where they blame spirits for everything. But they blame spirits for everything is because of this power. This power detects. So you find critics saying, hey, these guys, everything they are saying is spirit, 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 spirit. Come to us. We'll show you that bring a problem to us that is your own. We will show you where it comes from. There are things you can't solve naturally. You solve them naturally, three months later, they come back again. You so <laughs> Ignorance to this reality, to this dimension, is what has fostered stagnation in the lives of many people. Hallelujah. To heal all kinds of sicknesses and diseases which are caused by the Spirit. So I told Amaj. All right. Now, the names of the 12 apostles are these. First, Simon, who is called Peter, Andrew, his brother James, the son of Zebedee, John, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, the text collector, James, Jesus, 12, the sons of Alphaeus, Labias, whose surname is Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. He gave him power. Let, 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 let's stick there. Let, let's stick there. You see, let's, let, let's stick there for a moment. There are ministers who are Judas's. Who have betrayed Jesus a long time ago, but God gave them power. Lavabona all over. We can see that this one is a this one is this one is a Judas. He has betrayed the Lord a long time ago. Yet, yet in Jesus' knowledge, he gave them power. Why? Why is the power given to Judas? Let's leave that. Gas fades. Gas fades. Verse 5. You, you, you can play a bit, boy. Verse 5. These 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them. And I told you that this is the contingencies upon which the usage or expression of this power will work. So the power comes with conditions. So when a man is given power, that power will come with conditions. The 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 power will come with so though it is free to use it, there has to be fulfillment of certain conditions. And when I, was, when, I was, when I was writing out all these things, I noticed that there are at least 17 commands or 17 conditions that Jesus commanded his disciples that they are to do if the power is going to operate successfully. So the three I, I read you is is only part of the entirety 
of these commands. Uh, read, 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 uh, read, read, read verse 11 quickly, uh, Mike. Now, whatever city or town you No, chapter 11, verse 1. Now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12. So from verse 5 right up until verse 40 was commands. So it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding. So from verse 5 right down to verse number is commands. Commands. The commands that are tied to what? Tied to the usage of power. So I read you three. I won't, don't worry, we will not go through all 17. Alright? I'll only touch on those that involve the receptors of the power. Hallelujah. So let's read verse 5. These 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I told you that number one, Jesus said, Go where I sent you. So this power was, was limited to jurisdiction. It will only work where you are sent. It will only work where you are sent. So the first command was go where I sent you. Don't, don't try and use this power over in, in, in Samaria or over in Tyre and Sidon. It will not work. Power is available everywhere. But the power to minister is limited by the condition set up upon by Jesus. And that's why I explained that people will go to certain jurisdictions, they will not have power there. But they'll come back and they'll have power. So the dynamics of power depend on what? Where the power is sent to. So for you to know really that the power that was given to a man will work there is if you know that the man is sent to you. Hallelujah. If he is sent to you, the power will work. Number two, I said to you, do what? Use the power freely. Use the power freely. Don't add a price. To the power as you heal the sick cleanse the lepers raise the dead preach the kingdom do not what do not add price do not sell the gospel do not sell the gospel do not sell the god every time you see ministries you see ministers selling the gospel you know that they have contaminated their power because in the command of the usage of power, the gospel, the power is not supposed to be sold. When they sell you anointing oil, when they sell you handkerchiefs, when they sell you all these things, they are selling the power. And when they sell you this thing, they are telling you, yeah, this thing is power. This thing, this thing will bring God's favor in your life. All you need to do is pray it once before you go to bed and once when you wake up. They are selling the power, contaminated power. Because Jesus says, do not sell. Do not sell the power. 
Peter called Simeon a son of wickedness because he wanted to buy the gift of God. You can't buy it. Hallelujah. So that's number. Use the power. Use the power. Use the power. Use the power. Don't traffic the power. Don't trade the power. Use it freely. See why men lose authority in the spirit? Because of greed. Hallelujah. Number three. Number three. Let's read number three, verse nine. No. Provide. Do not provide gold or silver and copper in your money belts. Do not provide bag for your journey. Do not provide clothing. Do not provide shoes. So number three is what? Do not provide for yourself, but be provided for. It is a command. He was telling the disciples, don't provide for yourself, be provided for. I said to you, the power that is given to a man or a, a, a woman in ministry will always be limited in expression to whether or not those people are providing for themselves or they are provided for. So many times the limitation of the expression of power in a ministry is not that the man is not uh, anointed, it's not that the man has not been given power, it's that the man is using the power but providing for himself. Is that the man is not being provided for and Jesus said that there is a link between how the power is released and how the man is provided for. both at an individual level and at an institutional church level that the one who carries the power of God the one who is the custodian of God's power must make no provisions for himself provisions must be made for him it's a command. It's not a suggestion. It's a command. In other words, Peter and the apostles should not have to ask you for provision. It, it, it is in the contract of the power ministry that Mike must provide for Peter, for Peter's needs. Mike must provide money for Peter. Mike must provide what? Bags for Peter. Mike must provide clothing for Peter. Mike must provide shoes for Peter. Jesus said so. Jesus said so. Jesus, the one whom you say is your Lord. He said, he said this is not a thing that Lord help me to do this. No, he said you are commanded. You see, the command is, is, is to the apostles. 
But for the apostles to minister effectively, they must make this thing known to those whom they are ministering to. That, hey, if you want this thing to work for you successfully, if you want the realm of the Spirit over your life to be altered in alignment with God's will for your life, he said, I better not make provisions for myself. I better not stand at the gate station and take out money from myself. I better not go on a trip sent by the Lord on my, on my own money. I better not minister in, in, in the clothes that I bought. It says, when I do that, just know that we will minister. We will say, God release. Instead of 100, God will release 30% of that power. Why? Because when the angels are looking, he, 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 he looks and, and all, all that's written, Enoch, 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 Enoch. And then he looks for what is from you and he doesn't find it. And he said, these ones are not worthy. These ones are not worthy for this power. So God blesses you, but not in his fullness. Not in his full capacity. He blesses you in his mercy. And when he blesses you in his mercy, it's just enough. So your entire life, you live a life where, where there is unfulfillment. And you know it. Why? Because provisions, provisions are not being made. There is no way, no way Elijah blesses the widow if he does not eat first. And there is no way the angels of heaven honors his words if he does not eat first. Priority must be placed to the power giver. I say that again. Priority must be placed to the power giver if a ministry a people a person a household a family is going to benefit from the anointing and a mental on a man or on a woman there is no way they will benefit if they are not prioritized here is not about whether the men of God you see, the power of God has intelligence. The anointing has intelligence. It knows when the prerequisites are met or not. So even if the man of God can say, in the name of Jesus, be blessed, the power will not go. It says, you are cursed, even this whole nation. And probably it must have been four that were doing the right thing. But because the majority were off, says the entire people are cursed. Shana Saga Baradosa. It's a command. It's a command. <laughs> you may like it, you may not like it. It's a command. You may accept it or not accept it. It's a command. This is what determines how your Christian life will be like. Number three, let's read number 17. <laughs> Not verse. Principle number 17. 
Hallelujah. Verse 14. He who receives you receives me. Now the word there is dekomai. It means it means to to accept or receive what is being offered. Do you understand? Is to accept or receive what has been offered. And Jesus says, Jesus, he says, when they receive you, they receive me. It's a command. It says he, because he, he knows that you will not be received everywhere. So he says, the one who receives you, let him know that he's not receiving you, he's receiving me. In the ministry gift, he's receiving me. Yes. He says, he says when, when you open the door to a prophet, he says, you are, you are opening the door to Jesus. Jesus, it's not me. Don't, don't look at me like with skeptical eyes. I, I didn't write the Bible. I didn't write the Bible, says he. Jesus says, he that receives, he that receives, uh, read what's in the Bible. This is you, says, read the Bible. He who receives, receives, he who receives, uh, uh, he that receives you, receives, and he who receives me, receives. Can you see where all this thing leads to? We are not, we are not. In, in, in the office, we are not his representative. We are his representation. We are the visible image of the invisible Christ. So when you receive a ministry gift, you are receiving Christ. How, how, how are you receiving Jesus? I'm asking, how are you receiving Jesus? How are you receiving the Father? Now, now I'm just asking you in general, how, how are you receiving him in your life? How are you receiving him? How are you receiving the Father? Because he is the Father. Jesus is he that has seen me, has seen the Father. An apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher, in that capacity is Christ revealed. He that receives, Chris, what's wrong here? He that receives you, receives. Wow. And he that receives me, receives him who sent me. Who sent him? The Father. Who sent Jesus? As the Father sent me, so send I you. Wow. Then verse 41. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receives a prophet 
in the name. Now, Jesus was talking to the disciples. Disciples were not prophets, they were apostles. So, that's why he says, he that receives you, receives me. And he that receives me, receives him who sent me. So, this is an apostol apostolic commission. Then he goes to the prophets. He that receives a prophet in the name of a will receive the, the word reward there, I don't think should be placed reward because the word reward there means the pay or the fruit of his re, the fruit of his labor. So he says, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, he says you will receive the fruit of his labor. You know what's the fruit of his labor? The prophecy. You know what's the fruit of his labor? The teaching. You know what the what's the fruit of his labor? His prayers. You know what's the fruit of his labor? His blessings. You know what's the fruit of his labor? The fruit of his labor is his command in the spirit over your life. It says he who receives. Notice how he ends the reception. How, how they are received in the community. How they are. Will receive the fruit of his labor. So that means prophecy fulfilled. Prophecy. So that means there are prophecies in your life which are the labor or the fruit of the prophet's labor that will never be rewarded you. So we can stand here and say, Thus says the Lord, and you walk out here with nothing. Yet you heard that that says the Lord, I'm releasing it today. <laughs> and you go out, you wait, you wait, nothing is released. Because the prophet was not received. The prophet was not received. The prophet was not so because he's not received, he leaves what is what? What is peace. He leaves what is reward. You don't, listen, you don't know, you don't know how much power or how much authority has been vested in the ministry gifts. It's because you have judged the ministry gifts by what's the gimmickry that's, that's going on around the world. Look at the Bible. That's what, that's what you should look at. Look at the Bible. The experiences of man does not make for truth. The word of God makes for truth. So it is the word of God you should be looking at to see really what is this, this ministry gifts that this Jesus has placed over the church. Over the church. And how I can, I can, I can align myself properly to receive of the benefits of the rewards of those ministries. Because those ministries are for my sake. They are for my sake. They are not for Jesus' sake. They are for my sake. I need them to advance. I need them to progress. So I won't imagine why your problems never end. Problem after problem. Masatu sheli nae issue. Masatu sheli nae issue. 
Masatu sheni na ishu. Mara orke na le pasta. Mara I have a pasta. I belong to a church. What's happening? You are joking. You are in deception. Can you see that? Can you see that? Says because he said, if you receive a prophet, you will receive the prophet's reward. How was how was the prophet received by the woman who was buried? The Bible says that she prepared him a a what a room in her upper room, and she fed him with her food. The widow, how how was he received? How did Mary receive Jesus? How did Martha and Mary receive Christ? Just for a worker is worthy of his food. A worker is worthy of his food. A worker is worthy of his food. How to participate in the system of God. How to benefit from the system of God for your life. The Bible says for sin, for sin, for sin, for sin, for sin. For they didn't pray. For sin, they offered gifts and sacrifices. They did not pray for sin. Imagine, just to remove the stain of their soul, of that sin, the judgment of the sin, they offered gifts and sacrifices for sin on behalf of man. The priesthood. Let me read you something in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Remember, remember those who rule over you. And he says, who are those that rule over you? Those who what? Who speak the word of God to you. He said, in the spirit, God regards these ones as ones who rule over. They are your lords in the flesh. They are your lords. Your lords. Because they speak the word of God to you. Kasando Rabadai. Let's read verse 17. 
Obey, 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 obey. When you feel like it, when it suits you, when it's convenient for you. It says obey without reservation. Those who what? There's that word again. Who rule. Who rule. Who what? Who rule. Over and be submissive. Obey them and be for they watch out for your souls. For they watch out for your, your mother can't do that. Your father can't do that. No matter how much they love you, they are not given access in that dimension. They are limited in that dimension. Your brother can't do that. Your husband can't do that. He says, those who rule over you. He says, they watch out for your soul. Notice, they watch out for your soul. As those who must give account. They're not just doing it irresponsibly. They will have to give account. Let them do so with joy. And not with grief. For that would be unprofitable. For you, who has amplified quickly here? That would be what? That would be what? I want classic amplified. Ne? See why people are, are, are not able to profit from ministries God has placed them under? Says it would be unprofitable. He says, if, if I stand here, if I stand here and start teaching, but inside, inside there's grief. I'm grieved in doing this. He said, whatever I will teach will be the, but whatever the outcome will be unprofitable for you. He says, we, we must do our work for God to his people. He says, with joy. I told you that if a man or a woman of God has to be thinking about provision, providing for himself, providing for those, his people, providing for those who depend on him and, and, and come and minister, he says, it will be unprofitable for you. Because he is doing the work, but there's no joy. He's doing the work, but there's no joy. Who has got amplified? Read it for me, sir. Remember your leaders and superiors in authority. For it was they Do you see that? We are not the same in authority. Say so we are your superiors. That means as, 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 as much as you have authority over spirits, there are other spirits that are superior in authority to you that require a superior authority to deal with. God knows this thing. Let's continue. For it was they who brought to you the word of God. For it was them that brought to you the word of God. Look, look at who God says is your superior, not your president. 
The one who brings to you the word of God. Not your mother, not your father. There's the one who brings to you the word of God. Yeah? Observe attentively and consider their manner of living. The outcome of their well-spent lives. And imitate their faith. Hmm. Their conviction that God exists and is the creator and ruler of all things. The provider and bestower of eternal salvation through Christ. And their living of the entire human personality on God in absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom and goodness. <laughs> Read verse 17. 17, yeah. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, continually recognizing their authority over you. For they are constantly keeping watch over your souls and guarding your spiritual welfare. As men who will have to render an account of their trust, do your part to let them do this with gladness. Do your part. Your part. Do your part. So you have a part to play in how well we minister. You have a part to play in how well the word of God is delivered to you. So he says, do your part to ensure. Read. Do your part to let them do your part to let them do this with gladness and not with sign and groaning. For that would be for that would not be profitable to you either. There's a glitch, a clog in the system of God. Because we ministers are not doing our job as we should. Because our minds, our hearts, our effort are spread thin. Between our obligations to the Lord and our own lives. No wonder the body of Christ do not reach dimensions of power that they should to contend with the forces that seek to ridicule and undermine the glory and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read something in 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 in, in first in first in first Timothy. In First Timothy, you remember the verse? First Timothy, chapter five, verse seventeen. Like I said to you, the principles I gave you are not all. There are, more, there are at least 17 of them there, which Jesus commanded his disciples. Some of them has to do with them and what they need to do in their own personal lives. But I only extrapolated the ones 
that I believe have to do much with God's people receiving and benefiting from the system of God and from the system of this power. Let's read verse 17. Let the elders who rule well, let the elders who rule be counted, be regarded as worthy of double pay. Let them be regarded worthy of double pay or double honor. So you must value them in price, double the amount. I ask you, doctors earn a living because they help save lives. Lawyers earn a living because they help deliver men and get justice for men. These professionals are paid thousands if not millions for opening the for opening for opening the heart tweaking it doing surgery millions pastors they can do all those things they can get justice for you ministers prophets apostles they can secure healing for you without you needing to pay anybody thousands. They can bring peace and stability and alignment into your life. Yet they are the scum of the world. Tell me, how can we do what we do with happiness, with joy? When we see people who should have spent hundreds of thousands be healed just at the behest of a hand being made from us when we see cancer dissolve cancer that a person has to go through chemo for years and pay thousands dissolve in an hour and then all we get is thank you and the stress of having to provide for ourselves. Tell me, where, where is the joy in that? Yet God commanded his people to consider us worthy of double honor. Double honor. Don't you think we have needs? And don't you think God knows we have needs? And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to those who hear this. Yet day and night we labor, we toil. We strain our souls. 
We rob our wives, our children of our attention just so that God's people God's people Paul says for two years I labored with, with nothing but tears in the world. And he said, how, you know how, how, how I work with my own hands to provide for my own self. It was a shame to the, to the church. It was a shame that a man has to labor with his hands for his provisions and then labor in the world to provide the necessary food resources for God's people. What world are we living in? What world are we living in? When a ministry becomes angry, people become angry and envious. When their minister, when their pastor seems to be progressing in life. When their hearts change. Paul says, if we sow spiritually into your lives, do we not have a right to also reap from your material things? Your material, your material things. Your, your material things. Galatians chapter 6, quickly. And then I want us to pray. Many churches are involved in the downfall and demise servants of God's gifts. You ask, how did my pastor fall? It was you. Because when God calls us, the qualification is that he must not be a lover of money. That's the qualification. If you read Timothy, it says an elder, a man, a bishop, a pastor must not be a lover of money. So we shouldn't love money. But we end up loving it because of the need for it. And the absence of it. And then the power doesn't work. I told you, Gehazi took the staff of Elisha, put it on the boy. The boy did not rise because he was a greedy boy. He was a greedy servant. It was Gehazi who after Naaman wanted to give Elisha food, Elisha and money. Elisha said, not now. No, now is not time to receive money. Gehazi left after, after Elisha had said to Naaman, no. He went after him and said, my master sent me again. He lied and said, no, give us that tunic. Give us that money. And the Bible says, and Gehazi did not know it, that the spirit of Elisha went with him while he went and speak, spoke to Nehemiah. And when he came back, he asked him, where did you come from? He says, no, from going there and there. He says, well, did not my spirit go with you when you told Nehemiah that you wanted the money? He said, is it now time to receive money? Then he said, the leprosy of Nehemiah will come upon you. It was greed. There was greed in his life. And power was absent. 
Watch ministries that, that you, you, can, you can see they have greed. There's no power. But it didn't start that way. It started as men who were on fire for Jesus. And then they realized that after preaching, they have to eat. After preaching, they have to dress. After preaching, they have to leave. After preaching, they have to pay bills. And then they wonder Monday morning. They can't pay their bills. And they end up exploiting you. Because you let that happen. You let that happen. Ministers suffer. Ministers suffer. Ministers in the country. Ministers, I'm talking about ministers who are faithful to Jesus. They, they are suffering because of people like you. Who want the best? Who want it all? But cannot honor. Power doesn't work. I told you, God's power is intelligent. You, 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 you I am the minister doesn't need to say anything for the power to work or not to work. Because it by itself is intelligent. Let's read Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. He said, but I rejoice in the Lord, verse 10, greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned to be both full and to be hungry. It shouldn't have to be that way, to abound and to suffer need. Yet it shouldn't have to be that way. He says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Nevertheless, you have done well that you have shared in my distress. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church, no church, no church. Imagine of all the church that Paul was overseeing. No, Corinth was one of the richest churches. Yet Corinth couldn't provide for Paul. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, except you only. No church. Leducia. All these churches he preached in. Colossians says no church. Now you see why he had to go work. Now you see why he had to be an apostle and a tent maker. Why you see why he, 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 he went outside the limits of his call? No church. 
No church. Lord, for, for, for you to do something good for your pastor, you have to be told. You have to be begged. You have to be followed. You have to be nagged. You have to be reminded. Don't forget. Don't forget. We must do for pastor. Don't imagine. Imagine. That the pastor is remembered once a year. Once a year. Yet a man labors his whole life for the sake of God's people. Whole life. Yet a whole church must come together. Come together to raise just something. Who are we fooling? Who are we fooling? Who are we fooling? Do I labor once a year to you? Do I labor once a year for you? In a year, how many, how many days in a year do we labor? Yet you want the saying that says, by a prophet the Lord delivered Israel to be true in your life. How can you expect that? Some of us cry. We cry before God when we see churches, individuals, honoring men that you, you, you can see that this one is not laboring. This one, this one you can see. Yet he's, he's treated like a king. And we go to cry. We say, oh God, why do we do the thing that we do? Why did you call me? Why did you call us? Because we have to be beggars to do your work. A work for which, for which we did not ask for. sake in their lives. No church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica you said aid once and again. Imagine it's called aid. Two so. Two so. That's what it's called. Aid. 
once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift or the money, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Did you, did you hear that? There is, tell me what fruit does abound to your account as regards to me. That's the reward of the prophet. That's, that's what he's talking about, the fruit of his labor. The fruit that abounds to your account. How long have you been in this church? What have you done for me? As, a, as an honor. An appreciation of the work and the labor in the Lord that has been done for you. I'm talking about you. I'm not talking about people coming together. I'm talking about you, you, you. And then you wonder why prophecies come. Why, 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 Mike? I can tell you prophecies that will happen about nations and they happen as they happen. But I can come and tell you things, prophecies about your life and they never be fulfilled. Why? Why? It should alarm you and make you wonder. Why when it comes to the prophetic words and prophetic fulfillment in my life, there is nothing. But prophetic words from the same vessel, from the same mouth, can go out about nations, about people, about presidents, and they happen in detail accordingly. No fruit that abounds to your account. Empty account. Indeed, I have all and abound, I'm full, having received from Aphrodite the things that you the things sent from you, a sweet smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well pleasing to God. And my God shall supply. Do you see where the supply comes from? Do you see where the, where the supply comes from? They come from the fact that Paul's necessities were supplied for. Paul was provided for. Then he said, My God. My God, the God I serve will supply your needs according to his riches in glory. You have needs that are not supplied. You have needs that are not provided for. Do you think my God will supply them? No, you must look for another God to supply, not my God. Because the God of the seven sent to you, he is the one that expects that that seven be provided for. And I'm not telling you this because I need anything from you. I don't. I don't need anything from you. I'm telling you this because God's power does not work and will not work as it should for you for you what did he give Moses he gave him power what did he give Elijah he gave him power 
What did he give the prophets of old, the apostles? He gave them power. What did he give us? He gave us power. He gave us power. For ourselves? No. Power for God's people. Power toward God's people. You want healing. Devils to be cast out. The gospel to be preached to the poor, to be rid of ailments, of sicknesses, of disease, of afflictions and suffering and all these things that are out of alignment. Is it do your part? Yeah, but I don't have, I told you. Let's read that story before we pray. Because some of you think, you know, that we, 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 we fabricate these things to suit our theology. Chapter 17, 1 Kings. Chapter 17, 1 Kings, and then we're going to pray. Verse 5. This is after he commanded. Remember? Okay, let's read verse 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get out from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. He, he just labored. He just did God's work by commanding the rain to stop. Remember? In confrontation to Ahab. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he stayed and he went and stayed by the brook of Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had not been rain in the land then the word of the lord came to him again saying arise go to zarapheth which belongs to sidon and dwell there see i have commanded a widow there to provide for you in the same way he commanded the ravens to provide for him he commanded the widow the widow to provide for him the poor widow to provide for him god commanded the widow to provide for let's see the conditions that this widow was living under there was famine in the whole land so everybody was suffering in some way and there was a widow that was just about to die last money last pennies probably to eat and die all she had was enough for that day. And God commanded the man to go there. And stay there. To live there. He, Elijah wasn't there to visit. He was there to stay. Let's read. So he arose and went to Zarephath. 
And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, And please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now, Elijah, Elijah didn't know that this woman had a last meal. All Elijah knew was that she was going to meet a widow that was commanded to feed him. So he gets there. It's not Elijah's problem. Elijah is bound to obey God. Elijah is bound to go where God sent him. So it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't up to Elijah. Nor was it his responsibility to really know if this widow had enough to feed him. All he heard was, the widow is commanded to feed you. And as this woman was going, he said, hey, also bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she had a morsel of bread in her hand and sticks on the other hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. I do not have. I do not have. I do not have. I do, the, the woman says, I do not have bread, but the bread was in her hand. The woman said, I do not have bread, Nana. Yet there was bread in her hand. She said, I do not have bread, but there was bread in her hand. She said, I do not have bread, but there was bread in her hand. I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin. But she was holding bread in her hand. She's telling him about the flour. A flour in my bin and a jar of oil. And a little oil in a jar, little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. That we may eat it and die. Have you ever been in those extremities of life? Probably not. Where all you had was your last. And then someone says, feed me first. Give it to me first. Here, you would, you would think that the compassion of the prophet was needed here. But the prophet is operating under command. And the command said, the widow is to feed you. God said it. God said, I commanded the widow. But the widow doesn't seem like she got that. She got the memo. Listen to this. You are here in this ministry. You have been commanded by God to feed me. You have been commanded by God to provide for me. It is the command of God. It is where God has sent me. And it is where God has placed you. You are commanded. It doesn't matter what you have. It doesn't matter what you have. You have been commanded. It doesn't matter what's in your budget. You have been commanded. It does not matter how much you make. It's, it's, it's commanded you. The prophet must eat from your hand. From the flour in your bean, from the oil in your jar, you are commanded. Say if you want that flour to increase 
and then except you don't want it to increase except you don't want it to grow you can disobey the command except you you want to stay at that level of suffering at that level of drought at that level of famine at that level of suffering you don't have to obey but if you are under the command of the god of the ministry you have no choice irrespective of how much you have the man of god said to her do not fear do not fear do not fear do you know you can you see what's stopping you what's stopping you from from fulfilling the command from obey you fear that if 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 i provide from them for the man of god with this little i have i will have nothing and i will die but he is a man under authority he is a man with power do not fear do not fear go and do as i've told you go and do as you have said but make me a small cake from it first you see that you don't have to take everything but make me a small cake from it first before you and your son eat make me from it a small cake why did god want a small it was a test it was a test because if if she cannot give from the small when it is increased she will not give from the increase he that is faithful in little is faithful in much you are waiting for god to give you more but in your little you can't you will never give when the more comes therefore the more will never come god is not a fool galatians chapter 6 wait wait we'll go there we'll, we'll, we'll end with there before we pray make a me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and for your son in the dimension of provision he says you must put the seventh first before you and your son if if <laughs> before you and your son will eat he said let those who have been commanded with power eat first For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jaw, the jar of oil. Remember, Elijah wasn't coming to leave, he was coming to stay. So if this what he said failed, he himself also will suffer. <laughs> For the flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she, and he, and her household ate for many days. The bean of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. See why you're running dry? 
See why you're running dry? See why you're running dry? Galatians chapter 6 and let's pray. Listen to this message is over and over and over and over again. It's God's delivery system above the Antichrist spirit. Why does God give you dreams of numbers and you forget it? Yet you know in the dream that it was given to you. But when the manifestation should come, it is forgotten. Or, or if it's not forgotten, it's not acted on. You don't have the power to act on it. Why? Always your life is in the almost. You live in the realm of almost. Almost, 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 almost. That's your testimony. Almost, always unfulfillment. Let's read. Galatians chapter 6, verse 6. Let's read. Let him who is taught the word do what? Communicate in all good things to him who teaches. Read it again. Amplify. Who's your teacher? Who's your teacher? And what of your good things is communicated to me? Do you see our failure in life? See why we, the potentials Ministries are unable to reach potentials because there's no freedom of mind. We're gonna pray now. And are the issues. That's how my love at We are all suffering. No, you might you, I might not hear you, but God hears you. One day, Kenneth Hagen had a, a superintendent in his church. So the man was well off. He was a you know well-off guy, faithful. Uh, man, but one day he went to work 
So he went to work, he was climbing some high thing, he fell down, hit his head and died. Died. Bones broken, everything. Right? So the ambulance came, Hagen was called because he was the pastor, was called. And then when the doctors examined him, they found that he still had a pulse. Right? So he would come out and innovate. So Hagen saw that his wife was distraught, right? The doctor told Hagen that I don't think he'll even make it to the hospital. If we carry him here, out there he'll die. Hagen tells his wife, his wife says, isn't it wonderful that we have inside information? Hagen said, yes, we will pray. So Hagen goes to the doctor and tells the doctor, doctor, uh, let's put him in the ambulance. Doctor said, I'm not sure he'll leave. He'll survive. I says, let's put him and we'll go with him. The man died, right? Hagen prayed. The man resuscitated. But the doctor kept saying, I don't even think he has a 10% chance. They got him to the hospital. And from that day, three days, Hagen did not sleep. He said he was walking the corridors of the hospital, praying for the man. And what would happen is that if he, when he dozed off to sleep, the man would die. And then he would be woken by the nurses coming in. And then he'd pray and the man would come back again. Right? So he kept him alive. So after a day, the wife became weak. He sent the wife home. He says, I'll tell you if anything happens. And he started praying. And then he let us into the... And then he spoke about what he said to the Lord about that man. He said, Lord, I can't let him die. Because number one, this guy is faithful and he has influence in the community. In the boardroom, when he says something, people listen to him. So I'm not willing that he should die. Then Hagen said, he said about three things, right? Throughout the three days. And then he said the last thing, he said, Lord, this man gives 30%. I need him. He gives 30% of his income to the church. And Lord, I need him. If I need him, you need him. Right? He prayed like that for three days. Exactly the same words for three days. Three days later, the man shot up. Without any pain, without all the bones that were broken were healed, he was well. So the Sunday, he gave his testimony. And he said, saints, when a person dies, when a Christian dies, don't cry for them. Don't cry for them. Because when, when, when I fell, I didn't feel anything. So he said, I must have died because I went up and I reached the gates of heaven and I saw angels singing the most beautiful songs you can imagine. And then I saw Jesus. And just as I was about to worship Jesus, Jesus said to me, you're going to have to go back. And I said to Jesus, Jesus, Lord, I don't want to go back. Jesus said, but you have to have, you have to have to go back. And he asked why. He said, because Brother Hagen won't let you die. And then he said, Jesus stretched out his hand and he opened like something like a curtain. And he heard Brother Hagen praying the same words that he said. Lord, this man pays steady. And Jesus honored Hagen because he told Jesus how much he needed this man. The where did he get the sustaining power to sustain a prayer for three days without sleep?
Where did Peter get the stirring when he heard that Dorcas had died? He didn't know Dorcas. But it was after he heard that she, she, she gave offerings and she knitted and she gave alms. Peter says, where is she lying? And the Bible says, Peter prayed and turned and said, Dorcas, arise. Think throughout your life, if you, if, you were never, if you never shared any good thing in the life of a servant of God and he hears that you are sick, do you think, do you think in the middle of the night he would have the inspiration to wake up and say, let me pray for this individual? Do you, do you think he would? Do you think he would sustain unceasing intercession for a person who, who had no part in his support in life? Brothers and sisters, there's more to life than what you realize. And where God has placed you is under the governorship of the ministry gifts. But there is a command issued by the Lord for all generations who will operate in this power. Power over spirits, over all kinds of sickness and disease. Power to liberate men and give them the inheritance due to them. In one of those commands, they must not provide for themselves. In anything, they must not provide for themselves. Those to whom the ministry is directed must ensure that they are provided for. It is a command. It's not a suggestion. It is a command. It's not an opinion. It is a command. And commands are to be obeyed. You must obey commands. Divine commands, especially divine commands, they, they have nothing to do with where your station in life. They have nothing to do with where you are in life. But everything to do with the intentions of God for your life. And it is the intention of God to deliver into your life your inheritance. It is the intention of God to deliver you from the bondage of Egypt. It is God's intention to free you, emancipate you from all diverse sicknesses and diseases that afflict Egypt. It is God's intentions to hedge you in the ark, to hedge you in Goshen. It is God's intentions. Go study your Bible. What I'm teaching you now, you don't have to believe me. All you have to do is open your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And you will find a straight line in this truth. There's no crookedness. Because it is the word of God. I want us to pray. First, I want, I want you to repent. You see, the, the, there's no use of repenting if, if you, you have no intentions of changing. If you have no intentions of changing, there's no use to repent. And like I said throughout the four, day, four days, I know I'm only talking to 25%. I know. I know. The, the, other, the other 75, I know. They will not heed. I know. But those who hear what the Spirit is saying, I want us to pray and repent. And even those that will listen, that belong to other ministries, 
I want them to pray and repent for misusing the power of God, for mistreating the power of God, and for not welcoming Jesus, for not receiving Christ. To repent means to turn again. I still say here in the church, my testimony is that I have never begged, I have never exploited any of you in the ministry. I've never manipulated you for any financial gain here in this ministry. Everything you've ever received from the grace, the calling, the power and the anointing of God on my life, you got it for free. There was nothing attached to it. There were no obligations attached to it. You never received God's power and you left there feeling obliged to do something. But there comes a time where God overlooks the ignorance of man and commands all men everywhere to repent. And the time is now. And the time is now. I'm only sharing with you this message because there are certain prophecies that the Lord explicitly told me, especially the ones that we released last week, that will never happen until these commands are fulfilled. They will never happen. Forget it. They will never happen. Provision is not a one-time thing. Provision is a well flowing continuously. It's a stream. You as an individual and you as a church. Ask yourself. Ask yourself. You see, you are fortunate because I'm not only just a prophet, but I'm given the ability to teach what I see. And these teachings are part of the preparations that the Spirit of God is doing for next year. For next year. You heard the word prosperity, destruction. I, I ask you, I ask you, I ask you, what God said last year about this year did it not happen? in your sight. So, what is to stop what God said this year about next year? Except I'm doing guesswork. But a person can't be consistently guessing right. You, you can't be playing, you can't be playing the machines all the time. You No, 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 no. It's not luck. It's not luck. Because we are not dabbling in this thing. And we are preparing you to participate in the system of God because it is God's, it, the most important system God has for you. God has for you. Hallelujah. Let's all stand.
The body of Christ must wake up. The ministers and servants of God around the world must wake up. Must lay aside all their ambitions and refocus their minds on what the Lord has commissioned them to do. To remember what it was that was commanded them. And for God's people all over the world to play their part in fulfillment of the obedience of Christ. For we want to see greater manifestations of God's power. We want to see God's supernatural hand involved and intervening in our lives. We want to see the move of the Spirit. And it was him that said that the silver and the gold is mine. But he said, consider yourselves. It was him who said that the glory of the latter house will be greater than the former. It was God who said all those things. And now you are asked by the Spirit of God, will you obey my commands? Will you obey my instructions? If the system that I've designed for you will properly function, the servants and the recipients must fully obey what I've commanded them to do. They must fully obey what is required for the power to work. Will you pay the price for the power of God to be realized, experienced, in our lives, in your lives. Because the days are short and the days are nearing where compromise will be required from God's people. And many will fall away because they did not know that I had something better reserved for them. They did not know that there is refuge in the land of Goshen. So they will compromise, thinking there's no way out. And forget what has been told them. This message that we've been sharing for, I think, two weeks now. It's both an admonition and a warning and a caution to God's people that do not think you can reap benefits. Do not think that you can receive rewards if you do not do due diligence in your part. Do not be deceived. There is more the Lord has prepared for you in these times. There is much by the supernatural power of the living God. But you must learn to believe and to obey. You must learn to believe and to obey.
He said, I chasteth those whom I love. God loves you. And that's why he's trying to correct your thinking. Renew your mind. And align your life. It's because of love. Because if he does not teach you this thing, you will cry, you will beg, and you will wonder, where is the God of heaven? So he prepares you ahead of time. He tells you the rain is coming. He tells you the storm is coming. He prepares you. So that you through the regard of the word of the Lord. Can make right. I want you to pray. Consider what we have been discussing these last three days and ask yourself have you been faithful to this command have you been faithful and ask the lord to forgive you ask the lord to forgive you and repent and commit to the fulfillment of this to the ensuring of the release of god's power in the ministry in your life as it should Everybody lift up your hands. You know yourself. You know where you are. You know whether or not you have obeyed. You know it. Nobody needs to tell you anything. Begin opening up your mouth to the Lord. And as a church, let's cry to the Lord. Let's, let's supplicate to the Lord. Let's supplicate for these, for these three sessions. These four sessions. Coupled with the prophetic utterances and the prophetic words. Let the Lord know that you have heard. You have heard what he has said through the mouth of his servant. You have heard what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Cry to the Lord. Cry to the Lord. This should break your heart. Think about the shame you have caused think about the shame and embarrassment you have caused to the name of the lord to the testimony of the lord cry to him cry to him cry to him from your heart, talk to the Lord. From your heart, talk to the Lord. From your heart, talk to the Lord. Oh, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost, you have blessed these people. You have showered so much, invested so much. Lavish so much on this people. And what have they given in return? Where is their gratitude? Where is their honor? Oh, Holy Spirit of the living God. 
Ask the Lord to deliver you from the ruthlessness of your heart, from the blindness of your heart. The Holy Ghost is in the house. Talk to the Father. Talk to the Lord. Talk to the Lord. Shandala Brada Brando. Hello, Zelekantoji. Let men and women pray. Pray, pray, pray. prophetic utterances that we're giving last week Friday and subsequently again on Sunday I said Lord these things you are saying to us these things you are saying to your people how in the world will you bring them to pass It really got my attention. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's rare that I'm bothered by prophecies. It's rare. Many times I remove my emotions from what the Lord shows me. But I kept asking the Lord, Lord, how? How? And then in my time of meditation, the Lord opened this truth that I've been sharing with you for the last three sessions. And he said, unless this is done, my people will go on with their lives unfulfilled with my word unrealized. I would not have shared this message with the strength and boldness of the spirit with which I have mastered throughout this teaching series. 
But I know there's an urgency of the Spirit. There's an urgency of the Spirit. It is an urgent matter in the Spirit. It is an urgent matter. A matter that must be made known and heard. And I don't know how much of it you have received or how much of it you will accept. But dear child of God, if you're going to participate in the system, there's no other way. There's no other way. There's no other way. Jesus is calling us. And Jesus is commanding us once again. Because the nations, there's a convergence. Nations will cry. They will cry. They will cry. They will cry in famine. Famines will spread like wildfire. Jesus said, these things must happen. It says, for they are, they, are, they are the beginning of sorrows. We have entered that dimension. Child of God, child of God, listen to me. We have entered that realm. We have entered that phase. Where the sorrows, the sorrows, they will no longer be hidden. Media will no longer hide these sorrows. Famines, earthquakes, floods, fires. Economic famines. And God is presenting a door, a gate, an opportunity for his people to enter into Goshen, to enter into rest, to enter into peace. All around the world, all around the world, Jesus is commanding once again. Those who have ears to hear, those who have ears to hear. We are here in El Mafias, in a little township. But I tell you, my eyes have been shown the world. Well, my eyes have seen what is to befall the nations of the world. It is not pleasant, but there is hope for his people. But his people must be practical. To function in this system, boy, 
you must be practical. You must be practical. Oh. Oh, my brothers, oh, my sisters. Mm. I pray for you. I pray for you. No, sometimes I look at some of you and the decisions you make sometimes choices you make and in my heart I bleed I cry hmm. may God help us may God help us and his people Things that seem like a joke to some today will be things many cry about. See, knowledge, for knowledge is a way of vexing you if you don't believe in it. Why should God, why should God use other means to provide for his servants? Why should he? Because people are not obedient to his commands. People are not obedient to his commands. Maybe think I'm talking about offerings and tithes. I'm talking about all those things. Those things have their place. But I'm not talking about those things. Go back. Listen from the spirit of Antichrist. Listen. Especially listen to the spirit of Antichrist. Because it's that message that will make you want to listen to all these other ones. Question is. Is this true? Or are these lies? That's the question. Trust me, we have moved up, moved beyond the, the, the teachings and teaching to make you feel good and nice. I care about your soul. Care about the outcome of your life. Hallelujah. Let's all sit down. Let's receive. If you have your tithes, let me receive them. And also your offerings. Take out your offerings in the meantime. 
have special offerings and so forth. Church account six one nine seven three four. Is it? Is it? Is it that one? 